Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Anthony Sane is the host of the Anthony Sane Show on Bluff City Media. You all should be locked in. Tribal Chief of Grizz, Twitter, independent journalist and founder of Asylum Media Group. He's father of five-star 2032 multi-sport prospect Gabriel Sane. You can follow him on X at Sane Asylum. Saying after that, uh, that Grizzlies lost last night at Minnesota, we are officially at the halfway point of this 2023-24 season for the Memphis Grizzlies. You're sitting at 15 and 26, 41 games in. If you had to sum up the first half of the season for the Grizzlies in one word, what word would you use? Um, I don't know, man. So I, I, I can't really give it one word, but I, I'll That's compare hard. it to. This Memphis weather this week, man, it's just, you know, been a collection of bunch of nasty stuff, man. You either deal with it or you don't. You either get out there and deal with it or you stay in the house and ignore it, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those kind of seasons for the Grizzlies, man. Um, with the John Moran suspension and then the John Moran injury, uh, the, the various injuries we've had throughout the season, um, you know, and also kind of guys who kind of regressed this year, to be honest, like guys like, you know, the Santi Aldama's, you thought would make another leap, especially as good as you saw him playing FIBA. And him just kind of not looking like the guy you need him to be outside of maybe a couple of games. Really just one that stands out to me was that Boston game. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things, of course, are disappointing. Um, you had Zaire, who, a guy who, you know, talked a lot of big talk at you know, media day. Came out looking good in uh, preseason and early in the season, and now he's, you know, back regressing again. Um, and you haven't had any development from Guys like um, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, guys in and out of the rotation, guys who aren't getting DNPs one game and are starting at point guard the next game, uh, all those different type of type of things going on. But you've had, you know, the emergence of guys like Vince Williams and guys like G.G. Uh, Jackson, who who, you, who look to be guys who will be solid, uh, you know, parts of your rotation going forward. And, you know, there's, you know, a couple of bright things you can gather. You, you've seen Marcus Smart. Uh, like I was talking about the Memphis weather, he, he's a guy who was struggling really bad with being asked to be your key playmaker. And then just transitioning from one super successful team um, to this Grizzlies team. Then you saw him looking better when John Morant got here. Yep. And then looking, even looking better as a playmaker when those key responsibilities were pulled off of him. Plus just kind of uh, knowing his kind of knowing his role. Uh, that's something that a lot of people haven't really talked about with Marcus Smart is that you're, you're taking a guy who is coming from a culture in Boston and a culture where people know that they brought him in to be kind of a leader, uh, you know, for four guys like John Morant, the uncertainty he may have had coming into that position. 
and then him kind of adjusting to finding his way in the locker room and with the personnel. So there's been so many wild things that happened this season. I'm probably leaving, leaving some stuff out uh, if I really think about it. But uh, it's been a crazy season, man. And, um, you know, 41 more games to go. Let's see what happens. Yeah, um, I saw, you know, and again, it's kind of hard to, to know, like, what you, what's right and what's, you know, worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. But I saw the Grizzlies were mentioned as a potential um, destination for Quentin Grimes. Mm-hmm. How much sense does that make to you? Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense, man. Um, it, it's a one-on-one deal. It'll be pretty hard to happen. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one deal. Um, I don't think any real trade the Grizzlies get in is going to be one-for-one. I think they're going to try to kill a couple birds with one stone. Um, I, I like Grimes. He can shoot the ball pretty good. Still young. Uh, he can defend a little bit. He can play play make a little bit. A lot of times in that New York system. Um, Guys kind of fall out of favor. They they're they're like the hot commodity for a few months, and then they uh they fall out of, they fall out of favor, and that's kind of how things have been. I, I can't think of the coach's name for some reason right now. You know me and New York guys, man. I can't um mm-hmm. I can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's the coach's name in New York? Thibodeau. Tibbs. Yeah, Thibodeau. Yeah, that's 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 been his entire career. Like he's hot on guys, and he goes super cold on them, and he's kind of falling out of favor with Thibodeau. Um. I really like Grimes, though, man. I know he's a guy that the Grizzlies had uh, an eye on as a, as a second-round type prospect, uh, late first type prospect back in his particular draft. Um, I, I think I, I think I'm 100% certain that that's true, that the Grizzlies did have draft interest in him. So a guy that's got local connections to Penny Hardaway. I want to say he um, – want to say his trainer is here. Um, yeah, he's played, he's played in FedEx form a few times. You know what I mean? Um, I, like, I like his prospect. I really think that that is – I think there's real interest with the Grizzlies there. and But I think that – I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one deal. His contract's only like 2 or $3 million, something like that. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, Jake LaRavia and a pick for him type deal. I think it's, it'll be part of a bigger deal. Um, a lot of – if you kind of pay attention to the tea leaves, it seems like something may be about to go down with Luke Kennard. If you just kind of, if you just kind of, just kind of reach out there and find a pick that could be bigger than just a one-for-one – um, I've seen a couple of fans throw out some ideas, a couple of media members throw out some ideas as far as it's concerned. And I really wouldn't be surprised to see something with Luke Kennard and his, I think, $15 million contract uh, being involved, involved in a multiplayer deal that brings him back, plus some other things that could free up some uh, roster spots uh, on this team going forward. But uh, that's, that's kind of how I'm just kind of processing stuff in my own brain. That's not based on anything I know or I've heard. I was just going to ask you about Kennard, and, and, and the point I was going to make is that, it, it, I mean, he is shooting he's shooting lights out right now, too, and I know he's typically like that. He's lead, always leading the league, but he has come mm-hmm. back, and I think even last night he was 5 of 7, had 18 points. I mean, that that would help you, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in that pursuit if that was indeed the route you wanted to go, right? I mean, he's if anything, he's as sharp as ever. These other teams can look at him, and he's knocking everything down. Let's bring him in, right? In terms of what yeah. you could possibly get back, if you're saying it's a three deal, is this picks where you're just trying to improve your your assets, or are you actually trying to get a player that's going to help you, whether it's now or more importantly next year? In terms of if yeah. you, what could you get back in a deal for Kennard? I think the guys like Kennard have a ton of value right now. Uh, yeah. Just like for last year, we were a uh, second seed in the West, contending team, looking for what everyone's looking forward to playoffs. Right, shooting. Right. right. So we had Kennard. Those type of guys will be a hot commodity again this year. And plus with the uh, luxury tax implications that are coming up, right. and just general roster clutter that's about to happen, 
Luke Kennard is a guy who he's a great player. I'm not trying to act like he's not. I love what Luca does. I talked to my guest, uh, Keith Paris, for Fast Break Breakfast, uh, which is airing today. You guys can check out the podcast later on about Anthony Sainz show. And I talked about how Luke Kennard has a violent three-pointer. Like, his three-pointers seem like they hit harder than other dudes' three. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, if you if you go back and watch some of his replays, like, his shots, like, they ripped the net, man. Like, he's just a yeah, he's classic gun-down shooter. So, um, I get all those things. But um, I think other teams will value him. And, 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 and you just want to be realistic about it. No matter what, no matter how you view Luke Kennard, he's probably your fifth guard in the rotation next season. And that includes John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Vince Williams, who I think is more valuable than him at this point. And then you've got uh, Luke Kennard sitting there at your fifth guard. And even if you want to say Vince is a four, he's going to play a lot of shooting guard next year as well. And, and even with that, you're talking about your fourth guard. And you ask yourself, is he, is he good enough to keep at that spot where you want to keep him there, or is he somebody you feel like you can move? Because if you're talking about consolidation, because they're going to have to consolidate this roster, period. Because if you keep everybody, if you keep Tillman, if you keep Kennard, if you do whatever you're doing, you're going to have to make a hard decision about what you're doing with Gigi Jackson next year because you've got to find a spot for that, that guy, period, Agreed. next year. Because I, I, would, I would doubt very much that he's going to take another two-way deal. He's not on a two-year, two-way. Right. He's, on a, he's on a year-by-year, two-way, mm-hmm. a one-year deal. So you're going to have to make a decision on what you're doing with him. And that decision should already be made. You're going to have to sign him. If you're going to take this draft pick, if you're going to actually step to the podium, and draft your own guy next year. You got to have a spot for him too. So the Grizz have to do some type of consolidation to make roster spots on this team. So like I said, I could very well see uh, a Luke Kennard trade that where you get a, a young player back who's raises their floor, where where you instead of having you know throwing in the, uh, a Jake Laravia or David Roddy or Zaire Williams, you you got a Quinn Grimes type guy. Who's your back of the back of the rotation wing guard, whatever your fifth guard, whatever, and then you free up their spot. Get rid of you know a couple of those guys maybe, and then you uh, you free up some other things uh, salary wise. I'm looking if 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 I'm if the Knicks are a team who I think who I know wants to add shooting for the playoffs, right? If you want to trade Kennard, basically in essence, Kennard for Grimes, right? Shooting wise is definitely a downgrade. Grimes can do a few other things a little better than what oh, Luke yeah. does. But you also free up. This is the trade I'm looking at. Just throwing something out. My, my man Parker Van Blaircom from uh, uh, Life Church of Memphis, he put this out on Twitter. I was like, damn, dude, that kind of makes some sense. He was saying uh, you do Kennard uh, and two of the, I call them the bonus wings, two of the bonus wings, whether it's Roddy. Arabia, Jitty, whatever you're doing. I think he said. I think he said Jitty and um, he he said Jitty and Kennard. And I was thinking, okay, throw another one in. Throw Laravia or Roddy or Zaire, whatever you're doing. Throw that in too, and it makes it a three for two. And the second player coming back from New York would be somebody like an Evan Fournier, right? Evan Fournier is on like a like a 13 million, same kind of same exact deal that Kennard is on uh, as far as the player, the team option type thing. Mm-hmm. If you decide to do that three for two, right, when you get back uh, Fournier and you get back that kid, if you don't want Fournier back, you let him walk, and then that frees up two roster spots for you this summer, even if you don't do anything else. 
or you might want to take you may take a hard look at Fournier and you say, okay, I want to keep Fournier around. Let me bring him back. Plus, I get this young player in Grimes who's good as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you might make it a bigger trade and you send through route Fournier somewhere else. Somewhere else, you bring back a cheaper big and a deal that's a cheaper deal than Fournier, and now you're really cooking. If you can get a young big and get a young player like Grimes through the wings that can knock down shots and play a little defense. So I, I, I'm looking at that. That Knicks deal just feels real. Like that feels like it actually has some legs to it. Because you're hearing, mm-hmm. we're hearing Grimes' name a lot. And if you're talking New York, you're definitely talking about a shooter. So it kind of makes sense to start looking at your canard um, to the Knicks deal and see what those would look like. Yeah, I wouldn't uh... – you know, again, I know we've talked about it, but unless it's like a can't-miss prospect, I really am not trying to add a, you know, late top 10 guy to this roster. Yeah. I mean, I, I, see, I just I don't think that. Way. It depends on when you ask me. I feel different about it every day. Uh, that's something else to me. And But I, the, but saying this, it, it feels like you know I mean? timelines don't match. But here's the right? thing. If you, got, if you got Steven Adams on this roster next year, right, if he's, your, if he's back and he's, 90% of what he was for the last two years here. And you draft, there's a lot of bigs in this roster. I mean, in this draft, in the top 10, top 15. You draft some big, right? You got this kid with the luxury of playing behind Steven Adams for at least a few months, for at least, you know, this year, next year, whatever you're doing. And if you look, like I talked to you about last time I talked to you all, are we going to act like Derek Lively hasn't helped Dallas a ton? He's a, he's a rookie big that they took in, like, the top 12 or something like that. I think there's a lot of guys. I think that we're kind of – there's a narrative about this is a bad draft. Every draft they said is a bad draft, even like that Mike Miller draft. There were good, there were good players in that draft that you could find in the top 15. Whether the guys there are franchise changes, no, but we don't need this. I think we can definitely find someone in that top uh, 10, which is where we're going to be in that draft, that can, that can definitely come in and help this team. But if they trade them, I'm down for that too. Like I said, my mind changes on take that pick or trade that pick literally every day. So I don't, I don't I don't really put too much into that, but I can definitely see a scenario where they take a big who they think could be their big for the future. You you kind of let them play behind Adams, alongside Adams a little bit, and just kind of see how that works out. Let's talk about Adams since you since you you brought him up, and I, I do think he's a big you know to me it's probably the biggest question mark going into the next season. Do you trust it? <laughs> do you do you upgrade there? Whatever. Um, just because saying we I've ha- I've seen the question asked of us. Why aren't y'all talking more about Steven Adams not being with the team, right? You see Jai out there. You see Bain when they're all hurt. Marcus Smart's traveling. He's hurt, whatever else. He's not, you know, Steven Adams off and rehabbing, as has been reported. Does that bother you at all? Is that something we should be talking about at all? Is this just a deal? And i got to be honest with you, saying John and I haven't talked about it because I've sort of chalked it up to, man, it's a a serious rehab. And if we're being home to do it and not on the bench is the best way to go about it, that's fine. But, But... Am I being naive? Should we be talking about this? Man, I see all sides of it. Like, here's the thing. People are saying, like, no, I think, think he's, you know, he's not from here. He's probably at home. Right. I think that could be true. I think that probably is true. But it's also probably possible that he really don't help with the Grizzlies right now. <laughs> like, I think, I think both could be true, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's human nature for him to possibly feel a way about how things went down this summer, how his image has been portrayed, uh, the lack of communication about his whole injury situation uh, because it was because when this thing started there was a big there was a lot of finger pointing like why is Steve out here like rubbing juices and berries together on his knee or like it was it was 
it was a lot of that type of stuff, like energy towards him. So I could see him feeling the way about the team and also just wanting to be away, be at home. Yep. Uh, he's not – He's not. not only is he not a Memphian, he's not, a, he's not from America. You know what I mean? So I, I, I see both sides. Both of it. I think he probably does feel away. Mm-hmm. I think there are reasons for him to feel away, um, you know, about certain things. And uh, he's just a different dude, man. Like, you know, he's not – He's not John, though. You know what I mean? You're not going to see him out. Right. You know, e- even when the Grizzlies were h- – how many times did you see Steven Adams talking about it's the parade inside my city? It, I mean, he's just a different dude, but it's, it's not really his thing. So, um, I don't think it's much to it. I, 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 if he does feel a way towards the organization or whatever, I get that too. Those, But those type of things are easily mended. You know what I mean? When it's time to play basketball, you're ready to play, and you get out there in training camp. You know, you put all those things to the side. But um, I don't really think it's that much to really stress about. But I think it could be a real thing. I think it could be some discord there. But, you know, that's just that's human nature, man. It's a business at right. the end of the day. So mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, obviously, a uh, tough night last night for the Tigers. And then after the game, you know, Penny's, you know, making references to, you know, some lineups can't play with each other and there's always talking and that there could be, you know, um, chemistry issues potentially what do you make of that is it something that is just part of the you know deal now in college basketball is there is there something a little bit more like what just what did you make of what you heard coming out of the memphis program last night man wild stuff man i got up uh got up last night about two in the morning it was kind of recapping on stuff i missed from last night because i was watching the first half of the game turned it off i said man i'm gonna lay down for a minute Cause this, this snowstorm kind of has my sleep just all thrown off, man. Like I'm same, same. sleeping odd times of the day and yep. waking up and sleeping too late. And yep. I said, okay, I'm tired right now, but it's like it's like seven thirty, right? <laughs> so I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to sleep at the halftime of this Tiger game. They, they, this game is one. I'm gonna set my alarm to wake me up at like ten. I'm gonna watch the second half of this Grizzlies game, right? So none of that actually happened, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I end up missing the whole Grizzlies game, and I wake up at I wake up around uh, nine something. And I see the Tigers are up three like two minutes ago. I see FAU who is down double digits. They're up double digits like it's like the exact same score, like it's um, 69-66 or something like that in the second in the second half. Then I see the FAU ends up blowing out uh, the team they were playing, and I see Memphis you know is struggling with like two minutes ago. So uh, I got up and I watched Penny's press conference. I'm like, man, this is some wild stuff Penny said, bro. Like. Something about Penny that, like, he's one of those guys who you get these unexpected gems, like, like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and he says something you've never heard any coach ever really say before. Um, like, whether it was the, you remember that kid? He wore his hair the way that Walton has his hair right now. Even Davenport. He's like SpongeBob or something. Keep yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and Penny just gives you, gives you these wild quotes sometimes. And then he just turns the city into an uproar. And, and, and poor Park, he's like, wait, what did you do? Like, he, he's trying to make sense of what Pitt is saying. And all the reporters are going crazy. And Twitter's going crazy. And morning radio's going crazy today. And I don't, I'm sure that's true, man. Like, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people, too. This team is something like that, you, that you're really seeing for the first time in college basketball. With NIL and the transfer portal, Penny has stepped into a lane that – because, you know, whatever Penny steps into a new lane, he's going to step all the way into it. Whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the team that's a college NBA program where I'm, I'm getting guys ready for the NBA, where he leans all the way into that. Or, or he says, well, send me your, 
your batter, your tether, your not quite NBA guys who went to go get evaluated for NBA, NBA didn't get them good feedback, give me all those dudes. Penny's deep into that lane now, right? And that's that's a different type of chemistry that a lot of people don't really understand and are kind of in denial about. Because, yes, these guys are all older, experienced college basketball players who you don't have to deal with. Some of the BS you have to deal with with the younger dudes. But there's a whole different type of BS you got to deal with with these older guys. Because all of them think, like, hey, yeah, I'm a friends NBA-ish guy or I'm a G League-level guy. Every dude we're talking about on this team, whether it's Quinterly, whether it's Jordan Brown who's trying to come back, whether it's the Tomlin kid, whether it's – uh, uh, David Jones. Whoever you're talking about. Uh, David Jones, uh, um, forgetting my name, the, the, uh, Jaquan Walton, whoever you're talking about. Every one of these dudes could be somewhere playing professional ball somewhere. Like, I'm not saying they'd be like in your bigger leagues, but they, they don't have to be in college right now. You know what I mean? So all these guys came to college with some level of expectation. And when guys were coming here, it's the truth. and you're like, well, uh, why, why aren't these guys playing defense like Penny's team last year, the year before? Because all those dudes have, like, been, like, my role has been to be, go play defense my entire career. Like, just, I'm just kind of a fringe college basketball player. Like, just kind of what I do. All these guys came from being that dude or, or the other dude at whatever school they came from. Like, expecting those guys to be slap-the-ground defenders it don't really work that way, man. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of chemistry because I'm probably I'm sure there are a lot of egos on this team, bro. Because you're asking a lot of things, a lot of guys to become to go from being that guy or next to the guy to being a role player. And you know, I don't really know where the chemistry issues may be. I've seen some things that make me kind of you know side eye some stuff. And I wonder, I wonder what's to that or whatever. I don't really know enough to even speak on it. But that's wild stuff for Penny to say that there are guys that I literally can't play together. <laughs> like I don't even. My rotations are based on what guys are saying in miles and off. And when we get in the time out, we're really just arguing instead of figuring out what the next move is going to be. Like, that's, that's really pulling behind the curtain for real for people. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's always a ride, no matter Something, what. It's imagine, all- imagine having a, a Tiger basketball season and it's just regular. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when, when are we going to yeah, get no, one of them? Have that. It's, like, nah. it's like one loss and, like, it all comes out. Yeah, you know it's crazy. But I'm glad you said that too, man. I just put that on Twitter as well. Like that's one of the things about college basketball that makes it kind of weird to digest because it's like in a whatever thirty game, thirty whatever game season you're playing, we make such a big deal about random games in January. How's it going to affect the net? How's it going to affect the rankings or the quad one losses? And I mean, like, bro. At the end of the day, man, like Penny's team is one of the most talented teams in the country. And whether they have a two beside their name in the tournament or an eight beside their name in the tournament, they're going to have to beat somebody as good as hell to get where they're trying to go. And they're as good as, they're as, good as anybody that's going to be on the court against them. So just go win your game. Like, go, I go, agree go with go that. I agree with that. But saying here's the, here's the issue with that. If Memphis had been better than an eight seed the last two seasons – they would have had Sweet 16 or Elite 8s to their name, almost certainly. But because, you know, you mess around in the regular season and you do wind up with a less than seed, or, you know, a less desirable seed, you got to play Gonzaga in the second round as opposed to the Elite 8. And they were up on Gonzaga at the half, right? Right. I mean, 
you get FAU in the first round instead of like a, you know, if you were six, you get an 11 seed, you know? I mean, so you're right. You can still make noise, but it's just so much free. You make it harder on yourself. You know, teams that should be sweet 16 teams are going out in the first round. That's the frustrating part. Right. But here's here's the thing, though. Like, this this year's season in college basketball has been as wide open as I've ever seen. But there's not a team in the country that I fear Memphis playing against in the tournament. I think they're superior to most of the country talent-wise. And my thing is, regardless if you're a two-seed, eight-seed, whatever you are, go out there, get all the BS out of the way, and go beat the hell out of teams in the tournament because they're good enough to beat the hell out of teams in the tournament, like regardless of who they're playing. We've seen them go against top teams and demolish them because they're that much more talented than some of the teams they played against. Do they have chemistry issues? Yeah, that's evident. But like Penny has always done, he gets these teams together come January and February. Now, is it by unconventional means sometimes? Does it take a kid uh, leaving the team in the middle of the season and coming back and playing game one of the NCAA tournament like Imani Bates? Yeah, we've seen that. <laughs> we've seen that happen, man. But uh, it, it, it's, it's a wild ride sometimes for Penny. But I'm not, I'm not worried about losing some random game to USF on a Thursday night in January. I'm worried about is Penny going to be able to get this team ready the tournament because, like I said, they're as talented as anybody. I don't, I don't really get the point of just over dissecting the crap that we saw last night. Yeah, uh, Anthony, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, brother. Yes, Thanks, man. Oh, yeah, y'all take it easy, man. To stay safe yes, in these sir. streets, in these oh, yeah. icy streets. Yeah, and look, I mean, the reason why you dissect it is because, um, you know, you have to. I mean, well, it's your job. It's it, yeah. there, there's two ways to look at that. And saying's right. As a fan, I wouldn't I wouldn't go crazy about this. Again, you got the next ones at Tulane. The the issue becomes if you get, if you lose that one, the next one's where you got a problem. But um, you know, our job is to come in every day after every win, after every loss, and break it all down. And so, from a from a job standpoint, yeah, you 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 have to be looking. You have to find out. You know, that's your gig, John, to ask the questions. What's going on? You know, how do is this going to cost them? That's your gig, and that's why we do it every day, you know. And again, that's it's the same approach to Grizzlies or anything else. But I, again, when even when saying says that though, I, I took it as that's what you know. Fans are going to dive into this, and Giannato's written the same column. I've, we, I've sort of said a, a version of this. You know, you, you get too caught up in the net as a fan right now. You're going to take the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. I realized last night wasn't, but the ten wins in a row at one point, your third what third fourth best winning mm-hmm. streak. That was fun. The wins were, you know, that's that's the part of it that I do take stock in. But for us, bro. We're, we're mm-hmm. Murtaugh on Riggs, John. We got to get to the bottom of it, man. We got to get to the bottom. Penny has left us the clues. He put them put out there. It's up to us to get to the bottom of it. It's our jobs, man. When you wake up today, that was your job, to get to the bottom of this. Have you gotten yeah. there yet? I'm not sure you have. We got to keep digging. I mean, I think this, it's just there's really not much else to, to add to it. And we'll maybe let you guys voice your opinions at, at 1 o'clock. Um but I, I, I think it was just a, it was a, what would Passner say? Clunker. It was a clunker. No, nah, it was worse and, than that. You blow a 20 point lead. Like it was kind of historic, too, right? So I need, yeah, no, it was. I need it a was. different I mean, word. It, Clunkers. It was you know, a horrible loss. Yeah, like, was, I, was, yeah. I was going back and forth with Chuck on Twitter, Mr. Chuck, who's a listener, who's a friend of the show. Like okay. I follow him and all that. I missed it. it, it, it yeah, and he said, about? I wonder if FAU's media called their bad losses a disaster. I said, they were disasters. And so was Memphis's last night. He said, sure, it was a bad loss. A disaster is overstating it to me. And my point to him was, 
I hope it does not get worse than blowing a 20-point lead at the house to a mediocre USF team. Like, because if that's, if that's not a disaster, I don't want to see what that looks like. I don't want to see a disaster if that wasn't one last night. Um, UCF's losses, excuse me, Florida Atlantic's losses were to worst-rated Ken Palm teams. Yeah, Bryant and Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, yeah. Gulf Coast is 274. Um, but then coupled They beat with, Arizona, though, so that's what they have to, uh, you know. Agreed. But but uh, the reason I, I called it, a, I, I believe I, I used disastrous as well, so that's why I'm, I'm chiming in here. The reason, and the reason I used that word wasn't necessarily just because of who you lost to or the Ken Palm ranking, but you combine that with the way it happened, with the fact that with 18-33 left, you're up 20 in the second half, and we don't see this from top 10 teams. I think when you put those two things together, yes, it was a disastrous loss. Can you get past it? We're talking about, does, some people look at disaster in that word. That's something that's going to affect the team for the rest of the season. We've just laid out how you can make this just a speed bump. Right. But you just at, have to go beat but, Arizona. But if you, last night was a disaster, bro. You're up 20. Everything's flowing, and it all stopped. Like, the water got cut off. And and it was really because— Oil advisory. I mean, man, you started—they they throw a zone at you, and you act like you've never seen one. Don't act like we haven't—I I told Jeff, we've seen this yep. team— Eat up zones. Eat up zones this season. Look at the way they ate up Virginia's defense this year, and all of this. It, and, and they're acting like they've never seen one. And so that the water got cut. When you put those two things together, I think that's where you know the word disaster. You know, it it qualifies here. Agreed. But, but it's not but, one but again, that, that has to change your season. It is. I, that, will, that, I want that's, to. I want to emphasize Chuck. because because a lot of times people struggle with like two things being true at the same time, right? Truth, Memphis suffered a, a disastrous loss last night. Also true, you can still, and we still like them as a team and still believe that they can make noise in the tournament. Both of those things can be true. I think it's important but that you say but, that. It's important that you... But there's a, third, there's a third truth now because of the first one. And the third truth now is that you have to damn near run the table um, to to get... To optimize, right? Because that's what we talked about. I mean, let's not. We what we can't do, and I know this is not what you're doing, but I, I just want to sort of say this for for integrity purposes for the fan base. What we can't do, and what I don't think Penny wants anybody to do, is to move the goalposts. Now it's just like, okay, we'll just squeak into the tournament again and lose in the first round, and that's good enough. When 24 hours ago they were a top 10 team, and we're talking about them as a four seed. So, yes, is it possible that Memphis could get in as an eight and win a game and maybe win two games? You know, it's possible, but it's not probable. It's not likely. You know, and this is a team, Jason, with what they did in the non-conference, we finally said they, they, they did it. Mission accomplished. They got their ass off that 8-9 line. And I'm not – Lunardi still had him as a five today. I will say that. In his most recent bracketology this morning, he did still have him as a five, which is great news and something that I don't think I expected. But, again, you can't lose another one like that. That's it. That's the one. You get one mulligan, that's it. Um, and, and you know, if you avoid it and you're only lost the rest of the way, Jason, is, is uh, you know, maybe you could, li- maybe you could lose at – uh, SMU or something, right? I don't know. At SMU, at FAU, if that's how it ends, I think you're still fine, right? You're still probably a five or a six. Um, anything worse than that, and we're going to be right back playing a one seed in the second round if we get there, right? I mean, I think there's that's kind of how it looks. 
I'll, I'll put the ball on it this way. You have an anxiety because it felt like Memphis really had a shot at possibly a top, you know, two, three, four seed, and you might be losing that. I have less anxiety, and you're talking about goalposts, because my, my goal this season was always getting out of 8-9. Anything better than that is an improvement. Now, that's not to say, John, I've watched this team and said, oh, they, well, that's fine being a seven because there are things to lose here. But I And I understand why you're there because you watch this team at one point, you watch them rise up to number 10, you say, my gosh, you know, we could be looking at a two or three. Jerry Palm's got him at number three. But but uh, the, here's where I go back to your word, goalposts. I'm not moving mine in the sense getting over, overly crazy about this because to me the season was always about what? Getting out of 8-9. And right now, they are still in position to clear that pretty easily, so long as you don't string these together. Now, again, is that Jason giving up on a on a three seed or a four seed? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. And they had done well, enough be tough. at one point where you got in that. Uh, you probably so. It is at this point, unless you yeah. go crazy, John. If you go 17 and one, knock off to, uh, FAU twice, right. go. You know, right. you you can still get there. Is the, the likelihood of that lower now? But my point is, my goalposts were always get out of eight nine. Even if that's finishing second in an AAC where you've picked to be finished second, you and I both agreed we think they can win. But you thought this FAU team was better going in this year. Even if it's the second team, so long as they're out of that 8-9, that the second team yeah. in the AAC could get a 6 or even a 7. So that's, I think, to, to bottom line this, I think that's why I'm a little, I have a little less anxiety about this than you or a little less cons, you know, worry about it than you because, again, you are still clear of that 8-9. You keep losing, back to the point where we come together. You're going to blow it all. You're going to blow it all and be right back. And that would be underachieving with this, with this, with this level of personnel, yeah. with this level of experience, with what we've seen from this team for most of the year in terms of the capabilities. That would be underachieving being back in that boat. Let's hope they stay clear of it. Agreed. No, we could all agree with that. And, um, look, you beat Tulane, handled business on Sunday. It doesn't undo it. It doesn't undo your, your you know, the, the loss. But it's like, okay – can we stabilize this thing a little bit? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, this is a critical juncture. This weekend is a critical juncture for this team. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.